You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 414. So I had a lot of years of frustration trying to make my backyard work. So I sort of more urge everybody to look around them and say, hey, are there other successful people making this market work? And if you look around and you can't really find anybody else successfully, say, wholesaling homes in that area, like that's an indication that the market you're in is going to be difficult and you're going to experience a lot of unnecessary stress and anxiety trying to make that market work. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome everybody to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. And I'm telling you guys, if I can do it, so can you. I am your host, Brent Daniels, and I am absolutely thrilled because I have another Wholesaling Inc. coach on this podcast with me, Miss Lauren Hardy. Lauren, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. So here's the deal. We are going to be talking about virtual wholesaling because I think now more than ever, it is absolutely critical to consider the thought of going into a virtual market because, Lauren, we're already doing it virtually now that we're on like a quarantine. You know what I mean? It's not like we're going to a lot of these properties. It's not like we can get out and about. This is like the perfect runway, the perfect like practice version of starting a a virtual wholesaling business. Isn't that right? Yeah, now is no better time to learn how to go virtual, that's for sure. So explain to everybody who you are. I mean, you've obviously been on the podcast with me before. You've done some podcasts. You've been on the Brent Daniels YouTube channel, which you're on again now. But give everybody, you are in two virtual markets, is that right? And you're starting a third? Correct. Okay, so where do you live? What are your virtual markets? Okay, so I live in Southern California. Uh, I live in Orange County. It's a very high-priced, highly competitive real estate market and very densely populated. And I do operate in two virtual markets currently. And I am trying a third one out right now. And the cool thing about going virtual is you can really pull in and out of markets very quickly. So that's another benefit I really like about it. But yeah, I do work markets that are out of state because California is pretty difficult. It's very expensive. It's very hard to make the return that most investors would want to make here. Yeah, got it. And we just literally got off of Facebook Live and you you brought up some killer points that I wanted to make sure that was in the podcast here. You talked that there is typically four different avatars, four different types of people that should really consider virtual wholesaling or that are currently doing that. Can you break those four down? Absolutely. So there are four different people I think that really would, you know, enjoy having that skill of being able to go virtual. Um, One is someone like myself who lives in a very high priced, highly competitive market, like a Southern California, like a Seattle, a New York. 
The other would be somebody who is in a very uh, maybe low populated market where real estate doesn't hold very much value or rural areas. The other person is the more, I call them like the vagabond or the nomadic person who wants to, you know, travel the world, but they still want a business that brings them income. And then the other person is just somebody who does, who wants to be able to expand. So maybe their local market is fine, but they want more opportunity. They want to make more money. So really it's those four people that I think would really benefit from, you know, learning how to go virtual in the real estate investing business. You know, I get this question all the time. I really do. You know, just with coaching different wholesalers around the country, some of them that are in the smaller markets are, hey, you know, should I start here first and kind of, you know, get some experience, build up some momentum, get some income coming through, get my cash buyer database set up, get things, you know, kind of use this as almost like a beta test, you know, my smaller market and then expand from there. What do you think of that? Do you think that that's a, a smart plan? Do you think the better plan is just go into somewhere that has more opportunity so that you can you can start building up your database there, your connections, your referrals, your, you know, whatever services that you need, whether it be a title company or hard money lender or private money or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, what do you think? I mean, I think that it's kind of different for everybody. I think that for me, like there were a lot of years of frustration in my very high priced competitive market where I was just banging my head against the wall, like trying to make this market work. It was kind of like, you know, fitting a square peg in a round hole. I was trying to wholesale houses. Um, I was trying to flip homes in a very expensive area where sellers were not motivated. There was an extreme lack of distress inventory. So I had a lot of years of frustration trying to make my backyard work. So I sort of more urge everybody to look around them and say, hey, are there other successful people making this market work? And if you look around and you can't really find anybody else successfully say wholesaling homes in that area, like that's an indication that the market you're in is going to be difficult and you're going to experience a lot of unnecessary stress and anxiety trying to make that market work. And I think it's really important that you understand what they're netting in their market because a lot of people can be doing deals and making these big deals in these competitive markets. But if they're spending 80% of their income on, on finding those deals, you know, it's really what are you netting and having those conversations, those honest conversations with people as to what they're actually netting in their business is going to really help you understand if maybe you should consider a different market. If somebody's starting brand new, can they start brand new in a virtual market? If they're one of these four people that you just mentioned and they've never done a deal before, can they start virtually? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would give you the example. I would much rather you start virtually in an easier out of state market than start in your local Southern California backyard all day long. I would say you can absolutely be a newbie in a virtual market. There is nothing special about me that is, you know, that, that this is why I can go virtual is because I'm just, I'm so experienced or special or smart or whatever. Absolutely not. No, you can start virtually from day one. Um, and I do actually say, like, if you are, if your backyard is one of these markets that are very difficult, maybe the very densely populated or the very rural where real estate doesn't hold much value type market, I would say you are much better off starting virtually than trying to make your backyard work. As so what, is, what, what are the typical, like, I'm just thinking for myself, I would have some fears going into a different market. 
uh, especially if I haven't started out. Like, what are you seeing? You're talking to a lot of people around the country. You're coaching a lot of people around the country. What are you seeing are some of the typical kind of fears that people have going into a virtual business? I think the number one fear that I hear from my students, yeah, I do have actually a coaching program now that you guys will learn more about in throughout this podcast. But um, so I have actually gotten to hear a lot of student feedback. And the number one fear is not knowing what to do if they actually get a deal. Mm -hmm. And they're too scared to even try to get a deal or try to get the sale because they don't know what to do once they get it. Yeah, so they don't know what to do, you know, after they get the contract signed. And so they won't even get the contract signed. They won't even ask for the sale because they don't know what to do next. Right. I would say the fear is also kind of like putting the pieces together. They don't know, you know, how to sort of build this virtual machine. So that's, you know, a big fear. Um, Another fear I would say is that some people just think it seems too complicated or too complex. And I want to challenge that because with my program, I've, I've broken it down into an easy system where you can see that really anybody can do that. And I do have you know success stories with students that went from doing zero deals to now crushing it in only a matter of weeks of being you know a part of my group. And they realized it wasn't that hard. It's not that complicated. There's just a few little extra steps that you need to take when you're virtual, but you need to know what those steps are. And with my learning curve, mine was more long drawn out because I was figuring this out all on my own. I didn't have a coaching program. There wasn't a lot of virtual coaching programs out there at all. And I didn't even have, you know, one to go off of. So I had to figure it out on my own. And with my coaching program, I tried to shorten that learning curve, you know, by just giving you these pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And you had mentioned, actually, you had mentioned, which I think is really, really important, is having three partners in each market that can help you determine because the toughest thing when you're starting out in this business, and I I don't care if if you've been doing it for 16 years, like I have, if you go to the new market, it's a different, you have to learn, is this a deal or is this not a deal? Absolutely. So one of the first bits of advice that I give in my coaching program and my course modules is actually to build a JV relationship. And um, the reason you do this is because it's going to shorten your learning curve. One of the first mistakes that I've made and that a lot of people make when they try to go virtual is that they want to do it all themselves. Like I'm going to do it all by myself and they don't want to partner with people. But I am going to challenge you and I force all my students to have more of a collaborative mindset versus competition mindset. So that is what I like to do. I am a firm believer in the rule of threes. Actually, with almost anything, I like to believe in the rule of threes. I think you should hire or have three people that you're sort of interviewing and working with in this position until you really settle on one. And the reason is it's kind of like Goldilocks and the three bears. You know, it's kind of like that. This is too cold. This is too warm. And you're, this is this too is hot. This is just right. Yeah. Just, right. So with JV partners, you're going to find maybe one that is too experienced. They're doing 10 deals a month or, or more, and they don't have a lot of time for you because they're too busy with their other deals. And it's great that they're so experienced. They could probably tell you a lot, but they, they're not going to sit on the phone with you and they're not going to really help you figure out offer pricing. They're not going to help you comp homes out really in that in, in those initial stages. Then you're going to have sort of the 
one that's way too inexperienced. They've maybe closed one or two deals and they, they still don't quite have that track record. They don't have the experience. So it's almost like a blind leading the blind situation, which a lot of people fall into that trap when they're finding JVs, because of course, that is the person who's going to want to talk to you the most because they want deals anywhere they can get it, right? So the perfect is really that right in the middle person that has a good track record. You know, they've done several deals or maybe doing two to five deals a month. Um, they've been in this business at least a year, you know, or more. So they're willing to talk to you. They're not kind of too busy, but they're busy enough. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So that's my recommendation is one of your first steps in, a, you know, going virtual. I love it because they have to have that hunger still, right? They have to want to be doing extra deals. And what is really the advantage of them working with you? Do you split the deal with them? I mean, I assume that's what you're doing, right? Absolutely. You give them a percentage of the deal and, you know, so it's not costing you money out of pocket. If they can't sell it, then you don't have to pay them anything. But yeah, you work a deal with them and they're a partner. And it's great because, you know, a big fear that people have is what if people go around me because I'm not there? What if my buyers go around me and they start talking to the sellers? Well, you have a boots on ground JV right there that's going to stop that, you know, interaction. So when you have a JV partner, it gives you this comfort feeling um, when you have, especially when they're, you're really close with them, like you feel comfortable, you feel almost like you're there in that virtual market, even though you're not. Is this person like the same thing as an acquisition manager or do you also have acquisition managers? This is just your like joint venture partner. No. So a GD partner only handles dispositions. Anything virtual would be like a disposition strategy. Your acquisition strategies should be local to you, right. your local acquisition managers, lead managers. I think you should keep as many team members you can local to you and leave, you know, only the necessity to the virtual market, which would be a JV partner, because you do need somebody to meet sellers once you get the contract. See, we do all the acquisitions in-house here in California. Mm. We don't bother a JV partner until we have a contract. Wow. So you don't have them comping the properties for you? No, only in the beginning stages when I'm new to a market, I might sit on a couple calls and run through some homes and say, hey, what would you have offered just to make sure I'm on the same page and I'm not offering too high or too low, but I would never, you know, bog them down with every seller lead I get because you're just going to tire them out. You're going to really waste a lot of their time on, you know, seller leads that don't get them anywhere and they're not going to want to work with you. Instead, you really want to, you know, come to them when you have a contract or you have a seller that is like, except yes, I'm on the same page with price. Then you say, hey, I've got a seller. They've agreed to my price. I think this is a good price. What do you think? And I love it because you're essentially adopting their cash buyers, right? Absolutely. Because they're sending yeah. it out for you. They're the ones getting somebody that's going to close it, that you're going to assign it. Do they handle the, the title and escrow and the closing attorneys and all that? They select them. They have a relationship with them. Yep. And then right there, then you have a relationship with them. Then you learn who's the title company that you should be working with. That is incredible. So listen, just to clarify that, boots on the ground in your virtual markets should be the disposition side. 
The acquisition side should be in-house wherever you're doing this from. There's a few different avatars or people that, that this really works out perfect for. And I mean, if you're thinking about this, if you're listening to this or watching this on the YouTube channel and you're interested in finding out more about Lauren, it's wholesalinginc.com forward slash virtual, virtual wholesalinginc.com forward slash virtual. So definitely check that out, guys. You can tell already in the first, you know, 17 minutes of this podcast interview that Lauren knows what she's doing and she's going to give you the absolute best instruction that you can get uh, if you're considering going virtual. And I really think if you're in a smaller market, you're hearing this and you're worried about running out of deals, you're worried that you can only do a certain amount of, of deals and you can't get out of your full-time job and you can only do this part-time and you're, you're constantly like, you know, pushing back your, your deadline of when you want to quit your job forever, then I think you can shorten that timeline for sure and consider getting into a virtual market. Just to give you an example, I call for a couple friends that I have around the country, other wholesalers. I make cold calls for them. I'm the cold call guy, right? And, you know, when we call in Phoenix, it's a fist fight. When I call in Huntsville, Alabama, it's shooting fish in a barrel. When I call in Florida, certain parts of Florida, it's fish in a barrel. When I try to call in San Diego, it's like a knife fight. You know what I mean? So it really is very interesting. And I think it is definitely worth some investigation into testing out different markets. What I always suggest to anybody in my TTP program is get a list of a thousand addresses in different markets, your own, in your own backyard and somewhere else. Test those out, see how those conversations go. And if you're having stronger conversations in that virtual market, then take action to start building your business in that virtual market. Because I'm telling you, it's going to save a ton of headache, a ton of heartache, and it's going to really help you to start building your momentum and start building your experience up a lot faster if you're having more successes early on. So if you're thinking that you're in a competitive market or you're one of those four personalities that Lauren was talking about, get a thousand in your backyard, get a thousand in a different market, test them both out. I highly suggest that you call them because you can have your results here in the next day or two, as opposed to week or two or months, if you're going to do pay-per-click or direct mail or whatever, and call them up see how those responses go, see which area you're able to get the best conversations and the best deals in, and then start working your business that way. And if you need help really taking it to the next level, really creating a foothold in these virtual markets, it's going to give you the income that you're looking for so that you can do this full time. Not only that, so that you can build a business around it so that it's a servant to you, then you got to check out Lauren's course on virtual wholesaling. It's absolutely phenomenal. She wouldn't be a wholesaling ink coach if she wasn't the best of the best. So really, really incredible. So let's give him some more meat here, Lauren. Let's give him some more meat now that you booted your kid out of your, out of your room again. I know. But no, and, and we were just talking about this. This is really important. You got to make sure that if you're if you're a single parent or even if you've got your spouse there, it's a crazy time right now. Right now, this is the time where everything, we're in the whirlwind. We've got kids at home. We've got dogs. We're stuck at home. We're not in our offices. Don't use this as an excuse to slow down your business. Do not, because I'm telling you, a lot of people are, and we are cleaning up. 
Lauren's cleaning up. I'm yeah. cleaning up. My TTP students are cleaning up right now because we are able to push through this situation that we're in right now and keep being proactive. And we are winning big time. Yep, absolutely. No, this is now is the time. I mean, you guys, if I could do a podcast episode with two children home with me right now, you guys could call some sellers up. This is not the time to slow down. This is the time to keep going, the, especially the fact that I'm virtual. This really changed nothing for me. I've always been virtual. We've always been closing deals over the phone. It's not as hard as you think. Um, you can absolutely have these same conversations you have with sellers over the phone instead of in person. That's what we've always done. So now is the time to definitely double up your efforts on your seller marketing, get that lead gen going, generate leads right now, follow up double time and get contracts. I mean, get these things signed. You, you can do it through DocuSign. You don't have to be in front of a seller to do that. Yeah. And, and let me ask you this. Is there any other numbers that you track, any other metrics? Some people call it KPIs, key performance indicators. Is there any other KPIs or numbers that you're tracking that is different in a virtual business than it is in a traditional or is it same? Well, I would probably say it's the same. I think you should, everybody should be tracking these. And that's one thing I do like. I like that you brought that up in my coaching program and my methodology of coaching really does um, really follow KPIs. I can look at any student right now and call them out and tell them what they're doing wrong. And it's, I ask them, how many leads did you get in this week? How many offers did you make this week? How many contracts did you get? And how many deals did you close? There's yeah. four. Yeah. Leads, offers, contracts, deals closed. I can tell you on average how many leads, rough leads, it takes me to get a closed deal in my market. So if I see that my student, I ask a student, well, okay, you haven't gotten your first deal yet. No. Okay. Well, how many leads do you have? And they tell me they, well, I've got 15 leads and I say, okay, well, that's not enough. That's not enough. You don't have enough leads. You need to work on your lead gen. What are you doing for your lead gen? Um, I, I, that's my favorite part about being a coach. And what I've really incorporated in my program, I, I really in depth, that's why my program really is for newbies, because I have a real in-depth se section where I talk about KPIs and where your numbers need to be. So you aren't going, well, gosh, I've worked so hard and I have, I've done so much work and I still haven't closed a deal. Well, I can call you out and say, okay, well, let me ask you, let's get the numbers. Like how many leads did you get? And then how many offers did you get? Sometimes the problem in lies and they got 45 leads, but they only made five offers. And I'm going, whoa, what are you doing? What happened to the other 40? Like, what, what's going on? Yep. So I track KPIs. My course um, and my coaching program really heavily talks about KPIs. And that does not matter whether you're virtual or you're in your backyard doing this business. You have to have, have to track to do. Track your KPIs. Well, and I think it's absolutely critical because when, you know, at least from, it's very easy when you're using a, a phone dialer, when you're making calls and you're reaching out to track how many people you've called, how many contacts you've had, how many leads you have, how many contracts. But the beautiful thing is once you have enough results, all of a sudden your business starts getting predictable. And once your business gets starts getting predictable, that's when it's exciting because that's when you can start making some really smart business decisions. That's when you start hiring people. That's when you start 
uh, cherry picking the best deals you want to keep for yourself or expanding and scaling your, your, your business and your marketing. But you do it based on actual facts that you get from tracking your numbers, not based on hoping things are going to work out. I see way too many people making decisions based on hope, which hope is great. Faith is great. But in this business, facts are better and facts are going to make you are going to allow you to save a ton of money and make really smart business decisions. So tracking the numbers is absolutely critical. So tell me about your team, just so that we can we can put a bow on your business and be in virtual about how many deals you guys doing and what is your team look like? Just break it down. Yeah. So last year we closed 55 virtual deals. This year, I think we're, we will probably do about 75 or more. Um, we already got a really good start for quarter one. We got 26 contracts in, which is a pretty good indication that we're going to do better this year than last year. And we actually are pretty, I'm right now, given where we are in the market, um, I think we're operating on a pretty slim team. I don't have a huge, massive team. Um, I'm a single mom, by the way, you know, working, you know, from home, I try to keep my expenses really low. There's no fluff here where I need some fancy office or anything, Sure. but I have a lead manager. She works from home. All my employees are Southern California based for the most part, except for the necessity ones. I need boots on ground. Yep. I have a lead manager and then I have a full-time acquisition manager and he also handles some dispositions. I move them around quite a bit. Sometimes we have one guy just in dispositions and somebody in acquisitions. These people are very fluid. And that kind of, I feel like that's a common in our industry where, you know, people wear multiple hats. Yep. But yeah, I don't have a huge team. I do have an amazing virtual assistant that works for me full time. She works on some of my uh, lead generation text messaging campaigns, as well as managing. She's kind of a lead manager. She makes sure no lead gets left behind. So she collects all the leads from the different channels, like if they came from direct mail or they came from online or they came from texting and she puts them all in our podio. So, yeah, I mean, it's not I, I usually have four to five people counting myself on, you know, on our team and we're generating, you know, that amount of deals and not all of them are full time. Awesome. And hourly, commission-based? Some are commission. So an acquisition manager is usually commission. Um, I do pay a base and then plus commission. A disposition manager is similar. It would usually be a commission. Um, Lead manager is an hourly person. My virtual assistant is an hourly person. But everybody gets bonuses. Love it. We're always bonused on how many deals we're closing or the net profit because you want to motivate these people. Awesome. Absolutely incredible. I love it. I love it. Guys, Wholesaling in Coach right here, the best of the best. If you guys are interested in virtual wholesaling, if you're even thinking about it, you got to sign up for a call. See if it's the right fit for you. Wholesalinginc.com forward slash virtual, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Lauren, any parting words before we jump off here? Yeah, no, one parting word I forgot to mention when you guys, you guys just asked me, you just asked me about my team. You didn't ask me what I do. What do you do? Nothing. <laughs> I noticed that I didn't really put myself in that in that team. I work on my business, not in it. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing, you guys. I mean, that's how I'm able to stay home with my kids and pick them up from school or be a wholesaling geek coach. I've outsourced everything, all my job, all these job duties that are time dependent. I have other people doing them so I don't have to. So 
I've really set that up. I have a lot of time freedom and that's the biggest blessing that this business has given me. Oh, that's the number one thing. I mean, people talk about financial freedom and that's fantastic, but really the freedom of schedule is the most powerful gift that we can get. You know what I mean? And that's something that you earn by setting all this up, by being a true professional, by being consistent, by keeping your expenses down, by saving money, by building up your business, building up something that's going to constantly be giving you income. That's what gives you the time freedom, the freedom of schedule. And that is the most important thing because I mean, that in the end is is all we got, right? So absolutely incredible. Lauren Hardy, thank you for being on the podcast with me, guys. And as always, I encourage you to talk to people. Until next time, love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.